I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So I just wanted to start off with a little ask, you guys. A couple of things. If you are interested in helping to support our podcast, here are a couple ways you can do it. So there's so many things you can do, but supporting our sponsors is numero uno. If you order something through them, that helps our show and helps prove that we have an active, engaged audience here. Also, you can always leave us a rating and review. I know you guys hear it from every podcast, but it makes a huge difference. So if you have, you know, two minutes, it it takes less than that time to leave us a quick five-star rating, super easy to do, and type out a one-sentence review that's positive. It would help our show so much. And then if you really want to go the extra mile, I would love to reshare a reels of yours about how you listen and why you like our podcast. If you put together a reels like that, we will send you a coffee of your choice. Any place you want to go get a coffee, we will Venmo you your coffee for the day. So if you are interested in making your reels, basically put it together on Instagram and there's this little download button that you can hit before you post it. It's before you post it, but it's a little download button. Hit that button and send us that raw reels and we will add music and stuff like that and tag you. Um, We would love to see how you listen to News Du Jour and why it's important to you. So if you had time to go the extra mile, make us a little reels. We would love to send you a coffee. Thank you guys always for your support. And without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into the news. So right at the top, we have two mini stories and then we have three longer stories, but it's kind of even more than that. One of them is kind of layered. So without further ado, let's get into it because this is going to be a loaded episode. So first up, I wanted to tell you guys that OceanGate, the group that sent submersibles down to the Titanic, They have unsurprisingly suspended all of their operations completely following the tragedy that killed six people at the bottom of the ocean. And it is still unknown whether they will start things back up again. If you guys remember, their CEO was one of the people who died in the submersible. So I'm sure this is a really tough time for everyone involved. And we'll just keep you guys posted if they get operations back up and running. We'll see. And for our second mini story, I wanted to let you guys know that Megan Rapinoe, the leading player on the U.S. women's soccer team, has announced that she plans to retire at the end of this season. This will be her last World Cup. She is 38 years old. And for our first longer story today, we are going to talk about the new Alzheimer's medication. So guys, it is not every day that we have great news for you, but today we have great news. 
the FDA has given its full approval to a brand new Alzheimer's drug called Lequembi. Lequembi, you guys know that I always trip over pharmaceutical names, but this drug will soon become widely available and Medicare has said that it will cover up to 80% of the cost of the drug. Now, this is a very expensive new drug. Um, Treatment can cost $26,000 more than that. So 80% still leaves it pretty expensive. And that may be prohibitive to certain people. Now, this drug does not reverse Alzheimer's or stop it or completely solve it. And it may have some severe side effects. The drug has also not been studied in a super long-term capacity, so there may be further risks that just aren't even known to us yet. And in the time that they did do a study on the drug, they found some people to have brain bleeds when using the medication, and this even led to some deaths during the trial. So this new drug is not without risk. I mean, most new drugs come with risks as we better understand them. But when it comes to Alzheimer's, patients are really desperate for anything that might help because we just don't have answers right now. So this is still progress. Patients will get the drug administered every two weeks through an IV infusion. And trials have shown that the drug does slow cognitive decline in patients who are in the early stages of Alzheimer's. And for a lot of families, that is a genuine miracle, you guys. It means more days with their loved one, more time spent together. The medicine can slow cognitive decline by 5 to 18 months, depending on how progressed the patient's disease is. Will that be enough, though? You know, 5 to 18 months. Will that be enough for families to choose to roll the dice with some of these really serious side effects and maybe even potential for death? We'll have to wait and see. My grandfather actually suffered from Alzheimer's for years and years, and I know that my grandmother always said that it was like she lost him twice. She grieved his loss twice because the day that he could no longer remember who she was, he would look in her face and not recognize her. It was like he had already disappeared, even though he was sitting right in front of her. And that is the complex situation that millions of families across the country are dealing with. So to have a few more days, a few more months with their loved ones still here cognitively, well, like I said, it's truly a miracle. Okay, and for our next story, this is the one that's kind of layered, like I mentioned at the top. We're going to discuss Yellen going to China and sort of the summation of her trip there and then touch on two other China-related stories. Let's get into it. So guys, Yellen has been yelling. No, not exactly, but also kind of. It sounds like the Secretary of the Treasury did let China have it, you guys. She practiced some careful diplomacy, you know, a skillful dance between honesty and confrontation and tact. There's no perfect way to go about these kinds of talks, but it sounds like she did a really good job. Yellen held China accountable on a few different sticky subjects, you guys. The spy balloons, the treatment of U.S. companies in China, sanctions, and more. You see, as the two countries become further and further isolated from one another economically, it actually hurts both economies. 
Like it or not, we depend on one another. We are too intertwined to detangle in a way that is safe for either country economically. So it is of the utmost importance from Yellen's perspective to improve relations with China. That said, their behavior is making that kind of difficult. And avoiding these issues that we have conflict with them on, it really does enable them basically to continue behaving this way. So putting their feet to the fire was a tactic by Yellen. But again, it is a delicate dance. But keeping the lines of communication open at the end of the day is very positive. Yellen described the visit as a, quote, step forward, end quote. Sometimes when you're not speaking to someone that you have conflict with, things can escalate just because of the lack of communication. Heck, I mean, that happens in interpersonal relationships with friends and family. So it can certainly happen between countries with rumors swirling and historical grudges lingering. Yellen also said, quote, no one visit will solve all our challenges overnight, end quote. And that really hits the nail on the head. So here's to progress. With that said, there were two other news stories making headlines to do with China that I thought you guys might be interested in talking about. So first and foremost, China's treatment of North Korean defectors. It's making headlines. So basically, when someone who is trapped in North Korea is trying to escape, they become a defector when they leave. Typically, they will cross into China, maybe if they're lucky, South Korea. But this puts both of those countries in tricky situations. On the one hand, these people are fleeing horrifying, inhumane conditions and a vastly corrupt dictator. So there's the want to help them, of course, the refugees. But North Korea is its own country with its own laws and its own borders. And They expect these neighboring countries to return these defectors that they deem to be criminals. And often these people are arriving with not a cent to their name or a belonging at all. And honestly, it hurts my heart just to think about it. And if you want to learn more about the conditions in North Korea, as well as the journey to freedom, I highly recommend the book, The Girl with Seven Names. It is a page turner that you will not be able to put down. But the thing is, guys, it's all true. This woman now works with the UN on matters to do with North Korea, and she's basically my hero. Anywho, People in China are taking advantage of these desperate refugees, creating whole underground industries to profit off of these refugees. For example, there is a reverend who smuggles people out of North Korea. Turns out his home is basically an online brothel where he puts women and girls to work making money through the sex trade. And the women are trapped there, you guys. And this is just one example. Women and men are sometimes sold to be spouses or even slaves in homes, etc. They're often promised bright futures in South Korea or at least a minimum of safety and then find themselves trapped in China instead of trapped in North Korea. And China views these people as illegal aliens, you guys, due to North Korea's laws. And if found by the government... These people will be returned to North Korea to face detainment and torture. 
And secondly, speaking of detainment, I wanted to let you guys know about a well-known dissident who was arrested. So he was well-known to everyone but his own wife, you guys. Basically, this man ran his own anonymous online blog about China's bad behavior. He was famous online, famous throughout China, but his own wife, to her, he was just her husband. She had no idea about his online activist alter ego. That is until the police showed up to haul him away. She thought that he was a computer programmer, and he was, and this helped him conceal his identity online. And she thought that, you know, he would just disappear to go do work that she didn't fully understand on the computer, so she wasn't asking too many questions about it. But that's about the extent to which she knew that he had secrets. And to be honest, his keeping her in the dark was doing her a favor, you guys. It was keeping her safe. The Chinese authorities accused him of literally trying to overthrow the government. The fact that he had evaded authorities for as long as he did, well, it was close to a miracle. But he had to know that his days were numbered and a judge sentenced him to seven years in prison. Since then, his wife has learned a lot more about her husband. His blog was one of the most prolific in China. He mapped out all of the different hidden wealth belonging to China's top leaders, which everyone has always assumed has been there. But the where and how of it all was something that he was teasing out during his time blogging. He never officially admitted that this was his blog, but the blog mysteriously went silent when he was taken into custody. So this is leaving everyone to assume that China had their guy. The blog was called Program Think, and it was a way for people to fight back and learn more about what was really going on with their government. And now it's probably gone for good. And for our last story, you guys, I'm going to sneak it in here at the end. I know this episode's going over on our time, but I wanted to let you guys know about a sword that has been found. You guys know how I feel about an archaeological moment. I'm an art history. I was an art history major, and there's just something about finding something ancient and significant. And excavators have now located a 3,000-year-old sword. And guys, it was still gleaming. The sword is found in southern Germany, a place by the name of Bavaria, if you've ever heard of it. The sword was found at a burial site, and it is believed that this was a burial gift of sorts. Honestly, it looks like something straight out of Lord of the Rings. The handle had turned a beautiful green color, and it was etched with zigzag lines and decorative embellishments. It's clear someone took their time with this handiwork, and yet the imperfect nature of the sword also points to its age. This sword has, as an initial estimate, been dated to the 14th century BC, and further diagnostic testing may get us closer to a more specific date. This would put us in the Bronze Era, unsurprisingly. The handle was also octagonal, which is significant. It means that this is a very rare find and was made by a truly skilled craftsman. 
The blade of the sword itself is very thick as well. And again, it definitely feels like something out of a movie, like a, a Viking movie or something of, along those lines. It's just this very thick sword. It was found nestled among the bones of three deceased people, leading excavators to believe that it was significant to those buried there. There were three people, like I said, a man, a woman, and a young person who were all buried shortly after one another. So potentially a family, maybe some illness may have befallen them and they, you know, passed away one by one. There are a large number of treasures found in this grave, though, so they will definitely be looking into who these people might have been and what may have happened to them. Regardless, this is a significant historical find that will almost certainly make its way into a museum following its testing and inspection. Thank you guys so much for your patience in me going over on our time, but I wanted to include that story. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, Diplomacy is the art of telling people to go to hell in such a way that they ask for directions. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review or shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us be able to keep creating the news du jour. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram and just sugarfree media, all one word on TikTok. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from. Oh. Oh.